Hello everyone, this is Tim Finan, your host for Inside Milford. My guest this week is Wade Campbell. Wade and I sat down last week and had a great conversation, but we kind of let time slip away from us and before we knew it, over two hours had passed. So I decided to break this discussion up into two parts, with the first episode, this one, talking primarily about the upcoming Pumpkin Festival. Part two, which will be episode eight, talks about Wade's role as an administrator for the Milford Residence Facebook page, as well as some of his other activities here in town. We hope to get that episode out sometime next week. With that, let's get on to episode seven, the Pumpkin Festival. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Episode 7 of Granitetown Media's Inside Milford, a podcast spotlighting the people who make our local government run. My name is Tim Fine, and I will be your host for today's episode. My guest today is Wade Campbell. Wade needs very little introduction to most locals here in town, most notably known as the administrator for the Milford, New Hampshire Residents Facebook page. Wade is also the president of the Granitetown Festivities Committee, which is the group that is responsible for running the Pumpkin Festival. And he's also a member of the, the Zoning Board of Adjustment, the Budget Advisory Committee, and the Traffic Safety Committee. Welcome, Wade. How are you doing this morning? Oh, not too bad. Thank you for joining us. So as we discussed before we started this, I just wanted to talk a little bit about you let's talk about who you are you know your background a bit and then i want to get into the two major things i want to talk about is the pumpkin festival because that's coming up in a couple of weeks as i'm sure you know yep <laughs> and um and then then i'd like to talk about facebook because it's pretty it's it's really taken hold in this town so it, it'll be interesting to sure. talk about your experiences with that and 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 what to think about it sure so can we uh so let's start with with you so you're a local right yeah i was Born in Nashua, okay. uh, 1974. Were you living in Nashua or at the hospital? No, I was at the hospital, right, St. Right. Joseph's. Uh, so uh, my grandparents uh, were from here. Um, the Doucettes are some relatives down on South Street. Uh, I believe, I'm not quite sure where my grandparents lived. Um, I'd have to look it up. Uh, they were off of, uh, they lived off of South Street. So... It was probably... When was this? What year were you born in? Uh, 74. 74, okay. I'll do the math in my head here. Okay. So it was 45, 45 years ago, so I'm 45 years old. The uh, So I've been here a while. We lived here. Uh, my parents separated when I was real young. Um, my dad stayed in Wilton. Uh, the My mom stayed down here in Milford. And my mother family on her side they lived in massachusetts so but everything we've always done was always surrounded by uh everything was done in milford but we ended up moving to new boston um, in 1984 i was 10 years old hmm. so we lived there uh i moved there i went through elementary school here for a while and then i went back up into new boston so i was there for about maybe eight to ten years and um I went to high school there, and I ended up moving back here in 92. So for a while there, it was, uh, it was interesting. So. so you went to high school in New Boston? Goffstown. In Goffstown, oh, yep, I'm sorry. Goffstown High School. 
Okay. And and when did you come back to Milford? I moved back here in 92. So as an adult. Yeah, as an adult. For a while there, it was, uh, it was interesting because I didn't have, like, the greatest home life at one point. So I was – my parents um, kicked me out when I was, like, 17 years old. <laughs> that so, don't mean to laugh. I don't know why I laughed. No, no, that. it's all right. <laughs> uh, it it uh, that was mostly my fault because I was just a, a rotten kid. So pretty much – you know, sleeping in people's driveways for a while. I still, I managed to hold a job and I still finished school and uh, had a car. So I was, I'd actually was living in people's driveways in my car for about, eh, about a month or so. Wow. A friend of mine picked me up and uh, his parents allowed me to stay with them for the remainder of the school year. But I was driving back and forth. I'd had a job here in Milford. Mm-hmm. I worked over on Meadowbrook Drive. Okay. On uh, at Tech Resources Incorporated. That was like the first real job I ever had. So I was actually either, if I was living down here in Wilton with my dad, I was actually traveling back and forth. Either I was going, either living here and going to school in Gosstown, or going to school and living in Gosstown and driving down here for work. So hmm. it was, uh, I did a lot of traveling when I was <laughs> at a young age. So. Oh, that's interesting. So, and you've been, you've been here ever since? Yes. I lived, um. Uh, I bounced around all the Red Oak, the famous Red Oak apartments oh. for a while. And I ended up buying a house up on Mile Slip about 12, 12 years ago. Oh. Yeah. Uh, kids? Yep. I got one son and I got a stepdaughter. Oh, great. And, and, and uh, they're both still in town? Yeah, they're both still in town. So they've got the famous Wade Campbell as a father. Yeah, <laughs> well, and a stepfather, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my son isn't all that uh, thrilled about it, but. It is what it is. He says it's all my fault that I have. If I complain about anything, it's all my fault because it's self-induced. Well, to a certain extent, that's true, I mm-hmm. guess. But we can talk about that. So let's let's uh, talk about the Pumpkin Festival. Uh, you started working on the Pumpkin Festival last year. Correct. Now, now, do you, for the folks that may not know, do you know much about the history about the Pumpkin Festival? Um, believe it or not, I noticed... I used to just do laps around the oval when I was a kid, and I didn't really, really give much thought about the pumpkin festival, except that it's like, hey, look, there's some pumpkins on the oval. Cool. And that <laughs> was, and that was the extent of that. Um, and then I avoided it because it was like, every, like I was part of that crowd, and yeah, uh, you know, it's like I avoided it because it was crowd. I'm mean, not a huge crowd guy. I never was, which is kind of funny how that <laughs> flips around. Exactly. And. Somebody brought it up about two years ago because we were. What happened was is we we're trying to get, we were trying to take over the fireworks, for the Fourth of July. Okay. And I formed a committee to attempt to do that, and for some reason, whatever happened to uh, with Mitt and it switching to the Sauhegan Valley Chamber of Commerce and whatever happened there, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so. There was, you know, it was talk about being in jeopardy. It may not happen. And that stuff floats around town hall. I mean, I'm sure it would have happened. Somebody would have picked it up uh, regardless of whether the group that I was in or that I'm in did the Grand Town Festivities Committee or somebody else um, with like-minded thoughts would probably have picked that up. Uh, And then once we started getting into it, we ended up going from fireworks to the Pumpkin Festival. And from there, you know, it was a lot of work. And I never expected it to be as much work as it is. So just, okay, just going back a little bit further. So this is the 30th year anniversary this year? Yes. Is that right? 
So you yeah you talked about uh, Mitt and um, Sahuigan Valley just for some context. I believe this is true. I, I I believe the Pumpkin Festival actually started 30 years ago as a fundraiser for the town hall. There was no, there was a committee called THARC, which was the Town Hall Auditorium Renovation Committee, and they started and they were renovating the the auditorium up in the town hall, and they had, they literally were selling pumpkins on the Oval as a fundraiser. And that's how it started. That was the original Pumpkin Festival. And that morphed into what was Do It at the time. Down, well, Clark turned into Do It, which is the Downtown Improvements Committee. Yeah, ongoing improvement. On, or, yeah. yeah, something yeah. like that. Down, and, and they did it, and then they, changed, they, they morphed into uh, the Milford Improvement Team, which was MIT. And then, yes, you're right that the, like two years ago, MIT decided they could no longer do it. So the Sauhegan Valley Chamber of Commerce agreed to pick it up for one year, so it wouldn't weather on the vine, and but they on, only would only do it for one year, and then that's when your story picked up when when they could no longer do it, you folks picked it up. Correct. Um, so so that's great. So so how did you personally get involved? You just heard about it, or was was this a Facebook thing? I'm trying to remember back myself. Um, so what happened was is like I said, I formed a group to do the fireworks, and. We were sitting around uh, one day in a meeting about the fireworks, and one of the other committee members at the time brought up that, well, we should do the pumpkin festival. And I was like, yeah, that's way beyond our capability to a point. One of the other committee members did a lot of previous work for fundraising and stuff, so there was a background there for us to, to work with. And so we went for it. Did a few meetings, talked about it, and went to town hall, pitched the idea to the to the board of selectmen, and there was a few other people. I think they were going to hold. I think that meeting that night there was like a whole bunch of people there there for discussion about the future of the pumpkin festival. Yep, I remember I was at that meeting too. <laughs> so we stepped up, and I remember stepping up, and you know, after doing some research and saying, hey, you know. I think our group could do it. And then I believe uh, Lions and Rotary had some representatives there. And I believe uh, you, know, you were there. Yep, you were there. Mm-hmm. And they stepped up too. So it was kind of like it was something that was starting to form just from that meeting alone. And when Errol said it done, we, I think we went to another meeting after that too. And they kind of, I don't want to say awarded it to us, but they, you know, they kind of leaned on our, in our direction and we picked it up, mm-hmm. which was exciting. And it's kind of like the rest is history, but I'll tell you, it's, I mean, people don't understand the amount of work that is involved with doing stuff like this. Oh, and absolutely. You know, and you know, well, too. absolutely. We, as part of Rotary and, and the Lions, we do the community house lawn part of it. And that alone is, is a lot of work, you know, and you guys do, you know, so much more than that. So why don't you talk about that? What what some of the listeners may not even know what the Pumpkin Festival is. So so what is the Pumpkin Festival and and what what are the challenging parts? Well, to me, the Pumpkin Festival is a time for the Milford community to pretty much come together, uh, have some fun, come down. I mean, a lot of people love fall. A lot of people don't like fall, but I think it's kind of a highlight of the season, so to speak. New England has a, a charm with uh, pumpkins autumn changing of the leaves and what it usually does is it, it i think the pumpkin festival highlights that and gives people something to uh something to do it has uh, it definitely has history of 30 years 
it it's it has evolved. You know, a lot of people don't like. They'd like to see more pumpkins, which we're eventually we're, we're going to roll back into. So why don't you talk about like what what it, like what is it like what what are what do you have for events and that sort of stuff? Okay, um, for someone that doesn't know, someone doesn't know. So if you're just coming down for the pumpkin festival for the first time, you're going to find a plethora of food, uh, all sorts of food, uh, a wide variety of vendors that are anywhere from yes census takers, which it is what it is, um, from census takers all the way to uh, baked goods sales, uh, jewelry. You said census. T- so is the U.S. census? Are they, are yeah, they- we've got one representative here that's going to be that has a uh, uh, a booth up in town hall. Interesting. Yeah. And I'm not quite sure, you know, whether she's going to I was hoping or not, but she might go around and taking people's, you know, or, you know, counting people by the booth. I haven't quite looked at yeah, that'd be interesting because I'm not sure. Well, I don't know what they. I don't know what they, I don't know how they do it. Because usually... census officially doesn't begin until 2020, so I don't know what they'd be doing now. Unless they're starting to get yeah, a feel. Me. I don't know. I because uh, fascinating. Yeah, it is. There's we get so we get a wide range of uh, people coming through. A lot of nonprofits, uh, which this is a huge thing for nonprofits. And it's all centered around around the oval and yeah, we got within a, o- a half a mile. Not even a half a mile. Not even a half mile. We have the five. The five venues, which is uh, Town Hall, Middle Street, Community House Lawn, which is run by Lions and Rotary, uh, Emerson Park, and the Oval. And this year we've actually had some spillover to try to accommodate for um, some other nonprofits, and we put them up in the Banquet Hall at Town Hall, which is pretty good. Oh, that's great. Yeah, because I know we try, to, we try to focus the nonprofits over on the Community House Lawn in general. Yes. Yeah, um, but we had uh, had a lot of requests this year, and it, I think more than normal. Uh, we got you know obviously because we're part, some part of the same email chain on something, so you see them come, you know, flying in and asking questions, and uh, yeah, we're still getting requests. We yeah, we so are we, mm-hmm. so are we. And then one of the biggest things this year, uh, unfortunately, we're not having fireworks. Not this year. We're going to revisit it next year. Was that intentional, or is there, there scheduling was, issues? There was what? a little bit of scheduling issues. It was a hassle for uh, the group last year. We didn't have enough people to clean the field up afterwards. Uh, we didn't have enough volunteers at that time to really focus on the safety, uh, and we still don't have. So if anybody's willing to volunteer next year, step up. Uh, we didn't have enough volunteers at the time because we lost two members also. So at that point in time, we figured it was best that we would just we'd put the fireworks on the back burner this year and focus at maybe try to get them. We'll bring them back for 2020 and you know, get a little bit better focus on how we want to achieve that goal and, and add them back. And we didn't want to we by any means did not want to get rid of them, but it was just one of those decisions for safety, uh, money. Um, there's a there's a cost factor there. Without, and it worked out because this year we would have had to do a lot of finagling because, as you know, we have the stamp um, yeah. the first day of issue. So why don't you talk about that because okay. I was going to ask you what's new this year, and that's one of the new and that's things. that's it. We're having the uh, first day of issue, um, FDOI, I guess is what the mm-hmm. Postal Service has abbreviated for. And that is uh, they have a – it's a big – 
it's like a big thing for the postal service, which I didn't realize this was even a thing until about a month ago, where they showcase uh, stamp releases all across the country, different venues, and it worked out real well because they had it. They're dropping a spooky silhouettes uh, four stamp issue, and it's a cat, uh, bats, and you know, pumpkins and or whatever on that. And what they usually do is they get local celebrities, uh, some representatives from the post office. And what they usually do is uh, they have the ceremony. And it's funny because we went from an eight by eight stage to now the, the postal service is paying for it. So they decided they want a bigger stage and it's gone to 16 to 24. Wow. Yes. Down at Emerson Park. Down at Emerson Park. Wow. And we, they chose that venue, and it worked out for us uh, because it's right next to the post office. So they can showcase the post office a little bit, which is also a historic piece in town because it's one of the older buildings. Mm-hmm. And the architecture of it, I absolutely love. Right. Especially uh, inside. Yes, inside is great. Yeah. And the venue for Emerson, which is usually, I don't want to say lackluster. It's not. It's not a high or a high traffic spot for vendors to a point. But with the amount of people that are down there for the Haunted Trail, which is a massive amount of people. Uh, but unfortunately, they're usually there for the Haunted Trail. And they may see a vendor and they go wander over there. So I think it showcases this year, Friday night, the amount of people that roll in will be able to go... Get down there. It starts at 5 o'clock this year. And they, people can go down, check it out, uh, see what the stamp thing's all about. They'll, local celebrities will be there. Hopefully there'll be news crews there. It's a big deal, a real big deal. So what time is that again? It's at 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock. And how does that fit in with this, the schedule? When are we doing the pumpkin run and the opening ceremonies and all that? We're actually going to be finalizing that. Okay. The We're still, uh, because it... We've had like six, about six weeks to do 12 weeks worth of work is what I usually say. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of little details that we got to scrub up this week. But obviously you'll you'll take that into account. You're probably not going to do the opening ceremonies at 530. No, 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 okay. no. They, they'll be probably, we're looking at maybe around 7, maybe 8 o'clock, 7 o'clock, I believe it's what we were shooting for. But we'll have confirmation. We'll start, start throwing that out and get that up on our website. Cool. Yeah, no, that's great about the stamps. Um I actually have a first day of issue stamp. I, well, I didn't grow up. I was born in Concord, Massachusetts. Um, I didn't grow up there. But um, in 1975, um, the bicentennial, the old yep. Battle of Concord and mm-hmm. Lexington and the shot heard around the world, all this stuff. Well, they had a uh, President Ford came and visited Concord on Patriot's Day in 1975, and the the Postal Service issued a bicentennial stamp, and they had the first day of issue in Concord that day, and the same thing, and they they were selling envelopes with the stamp canceled out and with the date on it, so you could, yep. you could buy those, and, and yep. I, I still have one of those, so it's, it's, it's pretty exciting. They can be worth money. Yes, and uh, what's great is we have a local high school student who is going to be singing the national anthem, and she's also will be in the program. Um, if it's all finalized, you know, once they, the, the government has everything finalized, she may be in the program and she'll also be able to 
uh, sign the autographs. Uh, at the, there's an autograph signing afterwards. Oh, wow. And Mark Bender is also going to be up on stage, uh, the town administrator, and he's allowed, they're going to have him set up, so he's going to be one of the other guys on the other side of the, the unveiling. So there's some, you know, they allow a lot of local stuff to go in on that. Same thing with the VFW, I believe, is going to be doing um, the color guard. Oh, that's nice. And and I'll I'll add that Rotary and Lions are planning on purchasing several hundred envelope sets and have and have the canceled. We're going to be all working hard on on Friday because the stamps aren't available until Friday morning, and we're going to cancel the stamps and sell the envelopes like I just referred to that Concord did twenty how many forty fifty years ago, whenever that was. Um, and we'll be selling those on the community house lawn. I believe that's the plan. Yeah, that's actually. And I actually had a guy from South Carolina email me, and he wanted it. He does the same. He does the same thing, what you guys plan on doing over on the community house lawn. But he wanted to set up a booth right next to the retail section from the post office because the post office will have their own retail section too and be selling stamps there. Okay. And he was going to be selling. He was going to be setting up right next to it i was like i don't have any unfortunately i didn't have the room we don't have the space down there to do so because the post office has pretty much taken over emerson park like yeah yep, time exactly okay so you've got the the stamp thing is there anything else that's new this year um no not there we won't have the rides this year at least not on that corner that they have been right um and as as for anything like new other than the the stamps? No, I think it's. I want to say it's business as usual. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the thirtieth, we've focused more to bring it back on a traditional level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have the talent show, which I cannot stress enough how awesome it is going to be. Uh, and that's Saturday night. At, uh, did we do that last year? I can't remember. We did. Yeah, okay. we did. I know we we've did. done it in years past, but I, I, in the back of my mind, I was thinking it was was canceled last year but no we did do it okay yeah and we have 20 acts and they're really good wow and there it's it last year was good but this year i think is, is i was one of the judges mm-hmm. for the auditions so you're not performing i'm not performing no unfortunately <laughs> um to all my fans out there but i it i was totally blown away if you anybody that goes to this talent show will be absolutely floored at the talent that is there um i they range from nine years old to 20 something mm-hmm. and everybody has a shot to to win because everybody is that good that's and great it, i was and i'm a little disappointed that i'm not going to be able to see that show because i'm going to be running the grounds and you know making sure everything is uh going according to plan well maybe we can talk to granite town media about recording it Oh, and there could be copyright issues. I'm yeah, not sure. there's some. There's some sort of. Yeah, I've talked. I think I believe I've talked to Chris Gentry, okay. uh, the director for Granitetown Media, and it might be something. If we do it this year, uh, it's a possibility. But I think we were going to focus on really bringing it up if we can do it next year and really make something out of that. And you, you mentioned the rides. I just wanted to throw in the the rides are are not going to be there, not because of your doing, but the property was sold. Correct. Right. Correct. And that's just. Thanks for bringing that up because otherwise it, people will get upset. It's like, no, it wasn't our doing. And with a lack of preparation for space and what was exactly going on with that corner or where else they would be, there, 
no, they haven't re- the amusement ride people haven't reached out. So at this point, there is not, and I believe there might be some games and something over there um, in front of the exhaust place, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Right, and it's worth noting for those that don't know. Um, even when the rides were there, it technically was not part of the, the Pumpkin Festival. That was private property, and the owner of that property was the one that did the Correct. rides. So Correct. That, so that's why uh, over the years, sometimes that got a little controversial because they weren't there. Then they popped up, and then some people liked them. Some people loved them. Some people hated them. It was really quite the, the dichotomy of uh, opinion with those the big Ferris wheel sitting down there. But that was pure private property, and that's why it's not there this year. Yeah, and I'm actually a little disappointed myself. I thought it brought in a little bit of an aspect to the to the festival. I mean, it wasn't like it's a massive carnival midway where there right. was 40 rides, a tilt-a-whirl, you know, all those traditional carny rides. You know, there was something for the kids to put around on while their parents went and got their, you know, food or whatever. Yeah. And, that's, and to me, you know, I try to listen. I try to get as much input from the general public as to what they like and you know it's almost a split it was a split on that yeah yeah it was uh i I was mixed with it as well i mean i i like like the traditional old you know traditional town fair aspect but but the you know the the carney rides brought kids and the kids loved it it gives them something to to do you know and gives a parent a break for a little bit anyway yeah exactly that's my opinion i don't know i my <laughs> i didn't bring my kids down here much unfortunately during the pumpkin festival that was my wife's job oh <laughs> uh, my kid, my kids grew up in the pumpkin festival so they loved every bit of it and they're still they'll still be here they're, they're all grown and gone but they'll be back be back yeah they'll, they'll be back in a couple of weeks so that's cool so let's talk a little bit about last year because it was your first year what what was um any big surprise? Probably a lot of big surprises. I'm guessing because it was the first time you did it. But what what was uh, was there anything that happened that you're like, whoa, I had no idea we had to deal with this? I think it's actually the amount of people. Hmm. The, the the shock that I had was the actual the amount of people that we had throughout the entire festival. Obviously, the weather played a big part. Yeah, it was beautiful weather last year, and that brought probably more people out. Obviously for those times but i was amazed at the amount of people that rolled through here you couldn't even go down through middle street without having to stop like it was a it was packed shoulder to shoulder shoulder to shoulder all the way down to the end and it's funny because i had vendors when we were setting up setting up i'll tell you is uh, is crazy uh hopefully it'll go a little bit smoother this year it didn't go as bad as i expected last year either but setup is crazy. Yeah, the is. day of setting up is just—it's like holy smoke. Because everybody, regardless of what time you tell them to be here, is going to show up on their on their own. Whether yeah. like some like some people are early birds, some people are you know always running late, and so it, it tends to uh, it, it was chaotic. But mm-hmm. it worked. It worked out, and I was once the setup was done, it was it was great. Um, but yeah, it's going back to the amount of people that come through the festival. I was, that totally blew me away. You know, some things it goes without hit, you know, there was, there was some issues, um, like any event of this size. Uh, there was a pretty significant electrical issue, right? Correct. We ended up, um, Dave Friel, our electrician. Uh, well, first off we, we had what I call a blue cord incident. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't because, know why that sounds funny, no, but it sounds funny. It, it, no, it, it is funny because that's the only way I can uh, describe it. If it wasn't for that blue cord, 
which brought the attention and it snowballed to one thing, to another thing, to another thing, to another thing. But if it wasn't for that, what I call a blue cord incident, what would have happened could have like shut the whole festival down, which I'll touch on that real quickly, was the blue cord incident. One of the vendors had a shredded cord and it was sitting in water which was another thing too because they were tapped into uh, one of the other vendors was tapped into a hose over at the cabinet building i believe that i didn't even notice and they shouldn't have been so we had to shut that off but the cord was laying in water and there was a bunch of little minute things that were going off like there was some one of the other vendors was having a problem with lighting so we ended up getting um, Dave Friel, the electrician, uh, started looking into things and you know, testing the power and the balance. And so, stuff what was like the that. symptom? What 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 caught your attention? Well, there was the LED lights were acting kind of funny on one of the like for Friday night. This this stuff, the main the blue cord incident happened Saturday. Okay. So Friday night there was some lights. The LED lights apparently act kind of funny when the power isn't balanced or the power isn't right. You know, there's something wrong or not like drastically wrong, but there's just something that's amiss. So Saturday, which came to head when the the blue cord incident and Friel, Dave Friel started checking the, the power balance on Middle Street and it wasn't right. And it was like way out of balance. And I can't give you those numbers on that because yeah. I'm not an electrician. I don't know. And this was Friday night he discovered it or Saturday? No, that was Saturday. No, Saturday, Saturday we were having some issues in the blue cord incident. Yeah. And so he ended up checking the power, and it was way out of balance. So I had to get on the phone to Eversource. And so I got – I didn't get the runaround, but I called their emergency hotline, so to speak. And they – asked me who I was and I gave them who I am and they of course they asked for an account number I'm like what <laughs> account number <laughs> uh, I'm running I'm in the middle of a giant festival here and if something happens that it shuts down this entire festival and we're dead in the water so they ended up getting they sent the truck over the guy checks it looks into it he's like yeah there's an issue here so he calls his area supervisor so then I got it Another guy, another Eversource guy. So I have two Eversource guys down here checking stuff out. And then they're like, well, yeah, there is gonna, there could be a problem. So they ended up contacting like the regional supervisor. So just to interrupt, so yep. the, the, the potential problem that they were suspecting then was their problem, not your problem? It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't the, it wasn't our problem. It had nothing to do with us. It was actually Eversource's issue. Okay. There was a transformer. Once they, they they traced it back to having a bad transformer. And if that transformer let go, I guess it was weak or whatnot, if that transformer let go, it would have shut down the whole festival. And that would and that and this started at I'd say around noon on Saturday when we started noticing this issue. Because I was on I was pretty much sat on Middle Street for the rest of the day monitoring with Dave Friel, uh, Chris Anton from DPW. And their three representatives, and I guess they they ended up bringing a giant transformer, or not transformer, generator. Sorry, up from like Westboro, Massachusetts, or someplace like that. Wow! And it took a while for it to get there, but it, it was massive. And they hooked, they wired everything up to that when it got here, and they switched it over with like 15 minutes left of the of the of Saturday night, uh, 15 minutes left of the actual festival, 
And uh, once they hooked everything up and they fired it over so it worked, they wanted to make sure there was enough uh, draw on it that the that it wasn't going to shut the festival down and there wasn't any kinks. Yeah. And and it worked out perfect. And, not, and nobody even knew the difference. Yeah, I, exactly. I No, nobody, I did. I, I was here the entire time from Friday morning till Sunday night, and I never knew. And I was sweating it for <laughs> six hours. I was praying to God that, you know, it, it, it wasn't going to shut down. And... Um, I have to hand it to Dave Briel, uh, Chris Anton, DPW, and Eversource for coming through. And and the the festival didn't even skip a beat. Nobody even knew it happened until I actually mentioned it to uh, during the selectmen's meeting, like a few weeks after or a month after, or like a quick review. So wow, yeah, that's that was the excitement for last year. Was that a a cost to you guys? That was not a cost to us because it was uh, Eversource's quote unquote. Uh, air quotes mistake it wasn't their mistake as per se but it that transformer somewhere along the line should have been looked at and checked or and, and it was missed on a check or whatever right. they do yeah good thing nothing happened because i'm guessing if that turn if if that transformer blew and everything shut down you probably wouldn't be sitting here today we probably wouldn't have one this year <laughs> yeah probably not and that's and that's what it worked out well for us there and since then the um uh, the transformer has been replaced. There's been a new pole and put in place at, at no cost to the town residents. So great. That's, that should make those people happy. That's great. So it's all set for this year, obviously. It's all set it's, for this year, yep. That's great. So, um, again, so that was a major issue last year. How was working with the town? It's always, it's always interesting because, uh, as, as you know, and the folks at home probably know, we do have a – $21,000 warrant article. There was the Correct. $21,000 warrant article last year that was passed that goes to fund the, the Pumpkin Festival. We can talk about that in a second. Yep. So the town is, uh, you know, they provide town poli- services. police police yep. services, DP, primary police and DPW. They're the, the two biggies. Yep. And fire department. And, well, yeah. I right. mean, it just, yeah. They're, those are the two big of the. So how was working with those guys? Amazing. Our police department rocks. Everybody, Captain Fry, uh, Sean Pelletier, uh, those guys, those officers are, are were amazing, uh, and everybody was amazing for that. Uh, I can't stress enough. If I had a problem, or if I called them, they were Sean was on a bike, and he'd be next to me within like less than a minute. Yeah. It's if I had any questions, they were there. If of course, if I was doing something wrong, they would also let me know. Uh, which is great. Uh, DPW, uh, Chris Anton, he pretty much stayed on Middle Street uh, the whole event. He would float to you know different venues just to, to check up to make sure you know, everything was is going according to plan. But DPW was amazing. Fire department was great. I just I can't stress enough. People, I mean, people do complain. Mm-hmm. You know, town service. Oh, DPW are are potholes or. Uh, the trees in the way or or that sign doesn't look right i mean i I get it i mean that's it's it's as a taxpayer you have that right to 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 say those things but when it comes to like events and and keeping things clean and, and giving people a quality of life enjoyment of the town is that's what those guys do yep that's what they do that's their job, and I think they do a pretty good job at it. They do an I, outstanding I, job. With the amount of people we have in town, in the Oval, which is our, our huge showcase, I mean, every town has their blips where people are, aren't satisfied with 
with one department or another. I mean, it's you're going to get that no matter where you go. Uh, but it, for for me being from the on the outside and now being so-called on the inside of town functions and how it functions, it blows me away on how well everything works and how much those officers care. If anybody watches mm-hmm. uh, the BOS meeting, there's two officers, usually Captain Fry and the chief. Right, exactly. And they're there. Yep. Yeah, I think a lot of, you know, it's a bit of a pet peeve with me, actually. A lot of people, it's understandable, like you said, it's understandable. Most people just live their lives, and, and that's fine. And they don't um, they don't know what goes on behind the scenes. But Milford is very fortunate. All their um, public servants do an un- unbelievable job. I'll just jump in. I was going to talk about this later, but just to wanted to give a plug for over in the Community House Lawn, uh, Lines and Rotary, you know, we do all the nonprofits over there. And on Friday and Saturday night, we do the, the beer beer, wine, and spirits tasting tent. And as you can probably imagine, there's a lot, trying to pull that off, there's a lot of logistics with, you got to get liquor licenses and there's inspections as, as all the vendors you have done here. Um, but the fire department and the police department, you know, we couldn't do it without them. They are so, so supportive of everything we're trying to do. And, and that's, that place is hopping too, just for the people that don't know. The amount of people, when I, I get the, I get to spend like, 10 minutes I managed to get over there and pay a visit to the CHL and you guys were hopping oh, that yeah. place was I was like their music was over there the the I don't want to stretch I don't want to make it sound like it was like booze flying everywhere but it was you know there was plenty of drinks to be had on there and um, everybody was having a great time yep and it it was. It's amazing. It's another aspect of the festival for for the adults. Yeah, and it's it's very um, it's very much under control. It's not a wild. There's a lot of people. Like I said, we get a full. We have a big thirty by sixty tent. Vendors are still signing up, but we're probably going to have about probably twelve to fourteen each night. Different vendors under the tent, and um, it's a great time. It's a great time. Like you said, for the adults. It's, yeah, it's, well, it's definitely uniformed. I mean, it's not like again, it's not like you're at a, a rock concert or anything. <laughs> right? I mean, it's it's, it, it's, it, it's definitely uniformed over there, and it's pretty decent. Yeah, and uh, it's it's a good time, and it's a fundraiser for community. Um, so let's see, how'd you do last year? I don't, I don't know what are, are you able to talk? So you're not a nonprofit yet. We're in the process of still being a nonprofit. We're we uh, we still have some finalization of the paperwork which should be done uh we had to put that we were waiting we were putting that on the back burner a little bit uh in order to get through the festival Mm -hmm. because it's just one aspect that uh we were waiting on we've already gone through a state level and we're still there was a few things that we're we're waiting on but a lot of people do bump have these bumps uh when they're creating a nonprofit. And uh, that's one of the things that we're trying to get through, and that's one of the things that we got to just focus and, and mop up pretty much at the end of the uh, at the end of that session. So, so are you able to talk about last year's finances, even at a high level? Did you make money? Did you? We we did we made some money, not a whole lot. Uh, our expenses, uh, we didn't know what we were doing. We were spending. We spent money. Right trying to because you know because we it was our first year electrical was a big hit we were trying to get through trying to get through the you know last year just get through and and, and settle down and try to see what we got left and the whole goal is to try to alleviate town services and pay for it and be and be self-funding 
Um, going into it, I was 100%, let's do this. I want to get it off the Warren articles. And it's a little bit of a challenge. It's a little bit more of a challenge than I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that's still the goal. And hopefully this year uh, we'll be able to do that. And it, it, like I said, it, it's it's more of a challenge than I expected because it's like, oh, yeah, going into it being like, yeah, I'll take care of it. We'll, do, we'll definitely get it. Yeah. It, 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 it's not as easy as as one may think. You know, from the inside, from the outside, looking in on that. Right, and and the thing about the pumpkin festival is it is so weather dependent. Correct. And, and if it rains, we're dead. Well, I shouldn't say dead, but, <laughs> but we're everything's it, out the window. It's out the window. It's you know you. I can always picture. I picture pretty much what's going to happen is there'll be like three people down on the oval um, in raincoats, <laughs> and it's cold and it's miserable, and I'm sitting in a tent. Uh, praying that tomorrow is going to be better and it doesn't happen. And there's like, I see like eight people all weekend is what I, yeah, what I fear. There was one, I don't know how long ago it was, five years ago, 10 years ago. They all blur together. But there was one year that it was just monsoon, torrential rain all weekend. It was a complete washout. And it, it just wreaks havoc on the budget, obviously. Yes. You know, so that's one of the, I've always been in favor of that Warren article, um, for, for a couple of reasons, I, I believe that the town should have skin in the game anyway, you know, just because it is a, it's a community event. It's not just a GTFC event. I mean, it, it's a community event and the town does benefit from it. The town benefits from it. It's, it gets publicity. It's part, you know, branding the Milford Pumpkin Festival. It's one of the most popular p- pumpkin festivals in the state. And I, I personally, it's just my personal opinion. I think the town, whether it's a Warren article or if they put it in the budget, I think DPW and, and emergency services details should be covered by the town. But that's just my opinion. No, and, and a lot of people do think that. When you really think about it, when you spread it out on the, on the tax dollar, I mean, it's it's not a lot. Yeah. But, it, it you know, obviously the people in town, you start nickel and diming. I mean, uh, I don't want to go down that road, but, you know, there, there's – people do have – and rightfully so. Right. Rightfully so. Everybody that pays taxes in this town has a right to, to speak about how they feel. And some people truly don't like the Pumpkin Festival. You, you kind of alluded to yourself – when you're younger, that you just avoid it. You know, they don't like the pumpkin festival. Correct. They avoid town because it, it bottles up traffic. It affects everybody. And on top of it, they have to pay for it. I can see how some people might yeah, get upset. And, yeah, and it, it goes for just about anything. I, I completely understand, and I totally understand. Like I was telling them the other day, it, it's taboo to talk about a parking garage. Mm-hmm. I I told him in the meeting the other day, and it was a joke, folks. This was I'm only kidding. I go, give me a parking garage on another street, and I'll pack them in here even more. <laughs> and <laughs> um, you know, it, it, obviously that's at the cost of taxpayers. And uh, if I could get a parking garage for, if we can get a parking garage for free, that's excellent. Uh, I wouldn't want to have the tax burden. So right. um, we'll have to wait and see it, what the future holds. But. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so that's cool. So, um, bum, bum, are we going to do the the warrant article this year? Are you going to submit it? I believe I'll have to wait and see. Uh, after this, once we're all done with this one, we'll see what we have left over. Uh, that is my my plan is to do that. Yes, whether it's if it's the full or half the amount or reduced. Mm-hmm. I haven't. Uh, we have to sit down after and figure out what exactly what we want. What we want to do right we're gonna do something i don't know what uh how much yet until after this festival like i said it could rain right 
it could rain and it could be blustery out of the blue you know tropical storm from the and just and ruin the entire weekend so we well i will add that even if it does rain the beer wine and spirits (laughs) tent is undercover (laughs) 60 foot by 30 foot tent on the community house lawn if it's if it's rainy come on down there you go all right so let's see so let's wrap up the facebook stuff so i'm sorry not the facebook Let's wrap up the pumpkin, pumpkin festival. festival. Pumpkin festival stuff. So it's going to be a week after next, the 11th, 12th, and 13th. Columbus right? Day weekend. Yeah. Columbus Day weekend. We're going to start when? Well, yeah. Earlier you said that you don't have the schedule pinned, but we're going to talk about approximately what's going to happen on Friday night. Five o'clock. Um, we're having obviously down on the down at Emerson Park. Uh, we'll have the stamp release. And then up here on the Oval, we'll be having music here. And then we'll have music over at the CHL. Uh, so it pretty much, it opens up at 5. So the whole thing starts at 5. So whether or not you're, you know, you have no interest in stamps and you want food, Middle Street's open. And uh, if you want to listen to some music, the Oval is open. There'll be um, 13 Steps is going to be the first act that night. And they're on, uh, on the Oval. And... Pretty much at this point, there's gonna it, once it goes, it, once it goes off, it goes off, and then we have the pumpkin runner, uh, which will finalize the time and the pumpkin lighting, like we always do. The, the fire department gets involved, and they, we light the lights and on the town hall and whatnot, and, and that's pretty much. And the that, citizen of the year, president. citizen of the year, uh, which is Janet's wheelhouse this year. Um, she's been putting a lot of effort, and then Janet Langdell, she's been putting a lot of uh, time and effort into that. Uh, we'll also we'll be doing. A thank you and some announcements uh, with the Citizen of the Year and thanking our sponsors and uh, that stuff, too. Great. Great. It looks like that's all the time we have for part one of our conversation with Wade Campbell. Be sure to check back soon for part two. I want to thank everyone for listening today, and a special thank you to Wade for taking the time out of his busy day planning for the upcoming Pumpkin Festival. Our theme music for this episode was written and performed by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. You can subscribe to Inside Milford on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Music, or most major podcasting apps. As always, we welcome any and all feedback or suggestions that you may have for future episodes. We invite you to go to Granitetown Media's Facebook page or to leave a comment at our podcast page on SoundCloud.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you join us for future episodes of Inside Milford.